Good morning, NBCC. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at NBCC, there are so many ways to get involved in serving. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. This morning, we're going to start off our service by worshiping. Please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this amazing time.
You're gonna hear my praises roar And up from the ashes Hope will arise And death is defeated The king is alive As we conclude in our music portion of this service today, our worship doesn't have to stop. We can continue on worshiping by giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give this morning. Hey, so glad we could be together here at Mission Hill Christian Church once again around the word on a Sunday morning. We're in the middle of a series which I am just excited about each Sunday um, called Ready or Not. It's just a, a simple uh, study through the books of First and Second Thessalonians. And I've titled it Ready or Not because it really talks about being ready every day to follow Christ, but then it also talks about being ready for eternity and the second coming of Christ and certain events that are going to happen in prophecy about the Antichrist coming and things to look for and having the assurance of knowing where we're going when we die. I want you to know and I want you to be so absolutely sure and have the, uh, the assurance of hope that when you die, take your last breath on earth, you're going to be with the Lord. And we're going to talk about that in this section. But before we get to that, this is uh, the, the day that we celebrate what's called Palm Sunday. We celebrate this because on this Sunday, we commemorate and we remember that Jesus literally rode into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. This is the last week of his life. This is the Passion Week. Um, this is where Jesus comes in as a humble servant. Um, he didn't come into the city expecting to be crowned king. In fact, they would crown him with a thorn of crowns and they would crucify him seven days later. The people who were shouting, Hosanna, you are God, you're the Messiah, we believe that you're sent from heaven. They were wanting Jesus to be a kind of military Messiah. They wanted Jesus to set his reign and set his rule over the Roman government. And so the people, um, uh, the Jewish people, the Israelites, wanted Jesus to be something they wanted him to be. But that wasn't why Jesus came. Jesus came to save their soul. Jesus came to bring life internally, to deal with the Roman government, to deal with problems on earth, to deal with death and dying and all the things that we have to endure here on earth that Jesus gives us the power and the strength to do that. The greatest thing that Jesus ever did was he willingly went to the cross. He allowed himself to be handed over to the Roman government and they literally pounded those nails, those spikes into his hands and feet to sacrifice all of our sins. Jesus took it all upon himself so that you and I could be free. Now, this letter that was written to the Thessalonian people was about 30 years after Jesus' death and his resurrection and 40 days later, his ascension. So we love Palm Sunday. We celebrate Palm Sunday. It is there that this Christian movement really began to take full force, even though the disciples of Jesus who were with him for three years had a momentary loss and they scattered, but they came back and the church was flourishing and exciting. And now Christianity through the Apostle Paul had spread to the Thessalonian city and it was just gaining like wildfire, man. One of the most exciting things I think God was doing during that day, and I still believe that Jesus is doing the same work, is he is building his church. When we say church, we mean people. The Greek word ekklesia means God is building people into his kingdom. And we get to be a part of that. There's nothing greater than being a part of God's work. And we certainly get to partake in that and partner with God. That's what was happening in Thessalonica. So during this time, about 30 years after Jesus had already ascended into heaven, 
The church was exciting, it was exploding, but there were also, the church was receiving persecution from the government. The government saw Christianity as a threat. Of course, it was not intended to be that way. Talk about cancel culture, man. There was all kinds of problems back in the day in the first century church. And so with those problems and persecution and alienation and all those things that were happening in the Thessalonican city, they had questions about, hey, what happened to, you know, grandma who passed away three months ago? Jesus promised he was coming back, but he hasn't come back yet. So there was a lot of questions and there was a lot of confusion about what happens when we die. What happened? What happened to our family that put their faith in Jesus Christ? They passed away, but where are they now? I think those very same questions are plaguing a lot of us today. And even if we're Christ followers, we can still have, because we're human, we can still have some of those questions. And I'm just so grateful that the Word of God gives us the assurance, gives us clarity, and gives us direction even on how to grieve when we lose somebody that we love. So um, Paul was only the writer of this letter. He was only here in Thessalonica for three weeks. But man, did he have something happening. He was winning people to Christ. The Holy Spirit was powerful in that moment. And basically, I can imagine Paul sitting around a room and he says, okay, you, you, and you, you're going to be leaders of this church. You guys are going to have studies in your homes. You guys are going to live for Christ in the city. You're going to win people to Christ. You're going to baptize. And you're going to continue to help people grow in Jesus Christ as these letters are passed around from city to city. Paul literally left that city in three months or three weeks because they started a riot in the city of false accusations against him. So right here, smack dab in the middle of this letter, he addresses in the fourth chapter what happens when somebody dies. We're going to talk about Jesus' return. If you're taking some notes, we're going to talk about the resurrection that he promised that we would resurrect one day. We're also going to talk about the rapture, and we're going to talk about this great reunion. So number one, let's talk about the return. The return is simple, that Jesus Christ promised that visibly he would return once again from heaven. He also promised that audibly we would hear him. Well, how do we know that? Because it says in verse 16, we're going to read here now, verses 13 ongoing, chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ignorant or to be uninformed about those who have fallen asleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I just want to say at the end of this reading of this text that Paul wrote this letter simply, not basically from a theological basis, he wrote it as a word of comfort. He knew that the people were hurting. He knew that they had questions. He knew because the Holy Spirit was inspiring Paul that they had questions about eternity and What happened to my grandma? Where is she now if she was a believer in Christ? And if she wasn't a believer in Christ, where does she go? And so I love the fact that there's clarity here on the return. So this was written really for comfort 
and assurance that people would know without the shadow of a doubt what happens in eternity. So verse 16 says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. And it also says in verse 16, the trumpet call of God. Trumpets, angels, we will see Jesus. We will hear Jesus. There's no one that's going to miss him. In Matthew chapter 24, it says, no one knows the day or the hour when the Lord will return. In Luke chapter 12, it says, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at a day that you do not expect. I think it's really clear here to try and figure out dates, to try and figure out when the Antichrist is coming or when the tribulation is going to happen or the day that Jesus is coming back. We know the date. No, we don't know the date. Only God in heaven knows. So I'm always very leery. I'm always very concerned about teachers who come up with dates and know exactly when Jesus is coming or when the Antichrist is. Be very careful. We always want to go back to the Word. And the Word tells us no person knows the day or the hour. I remember when my wife and I lived in Hawaii from year um, 1990 to 96. Loved every minute of being there. It was the very first Harvest Crusade that Greg Laurie was doing in 1991 there. And he did it in this um, fantastic place called the Waikiki Shell. It was right next to the water. It was an outdoor amphitheater. It was just amazing. We had, my wife and I had uh, invited some friends from her uh, workplace because we wanted them to come to Christ. We wanted them to get saved. So we invited them. We're walking across the street to get to the Waikiki Shell. We happened to notice there were flyers on every single car that was parked. We looked at the flyer and it said, Jesus is coming back on October 11, 1996. I'll never forget what it said on that piece of paper. And my wife and I looked at each other and we said, well, we know Jesus is not coming on October 11, 1996, because it says no person knows the day or the hour. So be very, very careful about specific dates. We don't know. We want to live our life as if Jesus were coming now, but we also want to live in a way it might be another thousand years. We don't know. We just want to live on edge. We want to live always ready. So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 says, Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who have pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Amen. So we could go on and on. There's so many verses about Jesus' second coming. We know he is going to return. Amen. Second is this. We know that there is going to be the resurrection. He will resurrect our body and make us into this perfect body that he intended us to have. Now, how do we know that? 2 Corinthians tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We all have a soul. We were all created physically. We were also all created with a soul. God made us. He knew what he was doing. The Bible tells us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And so um, we know that when we pass from this life, when we take our last breath on earth, our soul will be with the Lord forever. To be absent from the body, as soon as we take our last breath, we are present with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. So we have the confidence of knowing that whatever that day happens, God orders the number of our day that we'll be with the Lord if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. John chapter 6, verse 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, for everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. It's real. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not, well, I hope this happens. It is fact that Jesus Christ not only is going to return, but secondly, there will be a resurrection and God never breaks a promise. He will resurrect our body to be with him forever the way it tended to be. Number three is the rapture is a real thing. Let's look at that because this, these verses talk about the rapture. 
Verse 17 tells us we will be caught up with the Lord in the air, which I think is so cool. Man, I am so waiting for that day. I long, man, where we're just going to be like, beam me up, Scotty, man, Star Trek style. We're going to be with the Lord caught up in the air with those who have already gone on before us. Well, how do we know that? Because the word tells us that. To be caught up with the Lord in the air, the Greek word is harpazo, which is mentioned 13 times in the New Testament. It means to snatch away. It means ownership. It means that God owns you. If you've come to Christ, you've put your faith in Jesus, you've received Christ, He owns your life, which is a good thing, and He's coming back for you. So it also says here in verse 16 that the dead in Christ will rise first. This is the key of the answer to the question that the Thessalonians had, and I'm sure many people have today. Where are the people who are believers in Christ, where are they now if they've passed on, if they have died, taken their last breath on earth? It says the dead in Christ will rise first. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That tells us that those who have passed on, they're with the Lord. They're with Jesus now. Those who have fallen asleep in death, you might remember that term that Jesus said when Lazarus had died, four days he was in the tomb. The disciples were really worried. They were freaking out about it. And Jesus says, don't worry. He's just, Lazarus has just fallen asleep. The reason that I think Jesus used that term when he was referring to death is he wanted us to know that death is not final. When you go to sleep at night, it's midnight, you go to sleep, and you wake up the next morning, it all seems like one event, doesn't it? That's, I think, what God wanted us to understand is that when we die, we will wake up. As soon as we take our breath last on earth, when we die, our heart stops beating. If we're a believer in Christ, our soul is to be present at that moment with Jesus. They get to go first. The dead in Christ go first. If Christ returns now, then we who are believers will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air, which is going to be an awesome thing. Now, I particularly believe that, this is just my opinion, but I think those of us who are followers of Christ, who have put our faith in Jesus, um, we will escape the great tribulation that the Bible tells us is going to happen. The Antichrist will come. There'll be three and a half years of what seems to be bliss on earth. And then at the end of that three and a half, seven year reign, three and a half years will be hell on earth. The latter part of that three and a half years is going to be, we wished we would never have been on earth if we are lost. I think that because in Thessalonians it says, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Genesis chapter 19, God rescued Abraham and Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he destroyed the city. He gave everybody a chance to repent, to get right with God and to be rescued, but he rescued his people out before the destruction came. So it's just my opinion that we are going to be raptured out of this place before the Antichrist releases all hell on earth. I could be wrong. We might have to go through the tribulation. That's why I don't want to be a fickle follower of Jesus. I want to be a faithful follower of Jesus. I don't want to just be a fan. I don't want to just be a person who just goes to church and slaps a few bucks in the offering plate and tries to, you know, be, live a good life. Man, I want to live passionately for the Lord every day. I want to live a life that's faithful. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But man, we are trying to be faithful and we want to be absolutely ready. Now, another question that comes up about those who have died, will I be able to recognize my mom? Will I be able to recognize my dad in their perfect state? And the answer to that, I believe, is yes, because the Bible gives some reference to that. You might remember in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, guys, come on, we're going up to Mount Hermon. 
This was, this was a day's journey. This was not like a couple moments, a couple hours trek up this hiking uh, way up to the top of Mount Hermon. It took them days to get there. I can imagine, you know, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know why Jesus asked them to go to the mountain. He just invited them to go with him. I think Peter would have been the first one to say, oh man, when are we going to get there? This is taking forever. James and John said, yeah, man, what are we doing? What's Jesus doing now? Why are we having to go up on this long hike? And when they got to the top of the mountain, Jesus was revealed in all of his glory. He was perfect white lightning, fire in his eyes. He was in his perfected state. They got to see the glory of God. Now, standing to the right and to the left, It tells us that Moses and Elijah were there. They could recognize one another, which tells me in the afterlife, it tells us that we'll be able to recognize our loved ones that we will see, which leads to number four on this great reunion. That's the hope that we have. A hope isn't like, well, I hope I get to heaven. I hope I'll get to see my loved ones. You know, if you are are a Christ follower, you're a Christian, you know that you're going to see your loved ones once again in the eternal life. There's no hope in reincarnation. You don't know, if you're a believer in reincarnation, you don't know when you're coming back. You don't know what you're coming back into. There's no hope in atheism, because atheists believe once you die, that's it, it's over, that's the end. There's no hope in religion, because you don't know in religion if you're ever going to make it to heaven. There's only hope in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus died on that cross to cover our sins. He rose again on the third day so that we would have the hope that's called assurance that we know we're going to be with the Lord forever, which leads to the last one. Man, there's going to be a great reunion in heaven. We are going to party in heaven with God. It's going to be awesome, this great banquet feast. We're going to be with other believers, people that have gone on before us, and we are going to be with God for eternity. The best thing about heaven is God is going to be there. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing in heaven. I know we're going to be praising and worshiping him, but I am assured of this. He will be there, and I want to be where God is. I hope that's where your heart is right now. So, my dad died two years ago. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever walked through in my life. Watching my father pass and holding his hand. This is my father, my earthly father, who raised me and trained me and, and, and loved me and gave me direction in life. And, and I'm going to just miss him. I miss my dad every day. Even though I know my dad's with the Lord because he put his faith in Jesus Christ. I still miss him. My heart grieves. There's days that I still shed tears. There's days that I pick up the phone and want to call my dad and I know I can't do that. It just, it hurts. There's grief. And so I want to say to you, if you have lost somebody that you love and you're dealing with that right now, or you know you have someone in your life that's dealing with grief, the first thing I want to say out of all this in, in, in what do we do with what we've just learned? Number one is if you've lost someone that you love, it's okay to grieve. It's okay. I think we remember in John chapter 11, Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He had been dead four days. The shortest verse in all the Bible, verse 35, it says, and Jesus wept. He cried. I think Jesus cried because he knew what death brought. Death brought pain, sadness, sorrow. We miss the people that we love. He doesn't want us to hurt, but it's a part of reality of life. And I think Jesus was hurting with those around him. You know, they did a study in Time magazine years ago, 
It was about the effect of when we shed tears when we cry. And they actually did a medical study and they concluded that when we shed tears, when we allow ourselves to cry, it releases a chemical on the inside that brings healing to the soul. God is so awesome because he wired us in a way that when we express our emotions, God can bring healing. So um, number two is don't deny that you're grieving. The Bible says don't grieve. He just says don't grieve like the rest of people who don't have hope. We have hope, but we still grieve. It's okay. Which leads to number three. Just don't grieve like the rest of people or the way we used to be when, before we knew Jesus when we didn't have hope. Which leads to number four. What can I do when I'm grieving? I think one of the great things we can do is go right back to the Bible. These verses encourage me. In fact, at the end of this section, he says, I wrote these things so you might comfort one another. We need comfort. We need assurance. When I watched my mom pass away, was with her every breath that she took, her last days, I just, it, it was one of the most difficult things as well as my dad. But I know that my mom and dad are with the Lord. And that's what brings hope to my soul, that assurance. Do I still miss them? Absolutely. Are there moments when I'm still crying? Yeah. Are there moments that I'm still dealing with angry over the fact that they're not here? Not angry with God, but just, just anger. Are there some days that I deny it and I just want to forget that it ever happened? Yes. It's okay. That's why I need to go back to the Bible. I need to go back to Scripture because that never changes. Amen? All right, last one is number five. If you're not sure about eternity, you can be sure right now. You can give your life to Jesus Christ. It's as simple as a child putting his hand into a father's hand or a mother's hand by saying, yes, Lord, I believe in you. I'm sorry that I've done things wrong. I've sinned. Will you forgive me? And I want to receive you now into my life. It's that simple. And you can do that right now. I would not want to go one more day without being sure of where I'm going. Nobody knows what's going to happen in this life, but God does. And we put our hope in him. We can have that assurance. So I want to have just a concluding prayer. Maybe, hopefully this has been some helpful help. You know somebody that's grieving and uh, this might be some help for you to help them in their grief. And we here at Mission Vale Christian Church um, simply are on one track, and that is to follow God and to love people. And if you're here and close to us and you need help, I want to invite you to reach out. We would love to help you. We have services every Sunday here at 10 a.m. If you can't get there, that's okay. We'll be with you online here each and every Sunday. I'd like to just pray with you in conclusion. And if you want to receive Christ as your Savior, let's do it. So, Father, we believe in you. Jesus, we believe that you died on a cross and you rose again. We accept you now. God, I'm sorry that I have sinned in my life. Will you forgive me? I receive you into my life. I thank you for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Help me to live for you now every day of my life. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, so glad that you did. We want to help you here at MVCC. You can log on to the website. There's a place for you to get connected in. And we will see you next week here at Mission Vale Christian Church. God bless.